You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Mike, Fritz, Trish, and Tina. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. Stories Radio. This is session 121. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. How's everybody doing? Great. It's been a You're really all lit week. up over there in your fluorescent Jesus t-shirt. Amen to that. I had to wear something like this today. I did. I love it. That's great. So what's going on, Mikey? Well, I, you kind of alluded to what's been going yeah, on. I so. just, there was some place uh, I was invited to go to, uh, well, I wanted to go to a uh, boot camp, uh, while at heart boot camp uh next week and um i really 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 wanted to go and i put in for it at work and it was not accepted so kind of i mean really really bummed me out so well it's got to be a reason it took me a few hours actually more than a few hours to uh Maybe somebody's going to come into the store and you're going to have to be there to minister to them. It could be. Who knows? That's the way I got to look at it. I have a similar story. I wanted, I got invited by the Mercy Mountain Boys to go with them down to South Florida to do a gig this weekend. And they just uh, scheduled me on my red day, which is my day off, mm-hmm. on a six day. And uh, so I, I can't go. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a similar thing. So there's a reason. There's a reason for everything. So, Tina, thanks for filling in tonight for Trish. No problem. Happy to be here. Wonderful. We're happy to have you here. Thank you. What's going on over there? Not much. It's been a good week so far. I can't believe the week's almost over. That's right. There's only one more day to go, really. Yeah, it's pretty much whipping right by. Can you believe we're almost in May? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good Santa, grief. Santa de Mayo's coming. I know it, right? <laughs> Stinky de Mayo. <laughs> Almost half the year gone. You have to get on, wow. get on down to San Jalisco. <laughs> <laughs> get a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Ghost on that burrito. But uh, anyway, uh, we got some shout outs over there. Who's we doing do. that tonight? That Tina? Yeah, I've got some Facebook likes here. All right. Um, so we want to thank Vanessa Matos Rodriguez for liking us on Facebook. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa. Yeah. And Agatha Kleinschmidt. Thank you, Agatha. Agatha, thank you. Is that German? It sounds I would like think it. so. I would think so, being a fellow kraut. And then um, <laughs> Kiri Petties. Kiri, thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you, Kiri. What a beautiful name. Yes. Yeah. Anybody else out there that would, uh, we'd love to have you like us on Facebook. Amen. Absolutely. And you get your name shouted out. <laughs> That's right. And hopefully you do do it justice. You know, you can listen to us on iHeartRadio. Be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Follow us on iHeart if you, you listen You can listen to, us, to us live on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. You can get the app and follow us, and it'll always uh, tell you when we're on live. Uh, Mixler.com. 
and it's uh, forward slash God dash stories dash radio is the link. Or just get the app and, and follow us and listen to us live every Thursday night. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. Yes, we um, we'd love to have your testimony, too. Uh, you can write us at GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. You can tweet us. You can tweet us, as Mikey says, on Twitter. and uh, Follow <laughs> us and uh, follow us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. That would be wonderful. There's so many venues where you can uh, reach out to us, and we love to hear from you. And um, we'll talk back. We ain't scared. <laughs> and we'll take call-ins as well, but we, we definitely would love uh, in-person, which we have tonight. Amen to that. And, and you know, I think Tina has some more, uh, she has some other shout-outs there. Yeah, absolutely. We have a, a few regions that were listening the last time that we didn't get a chance to acknowledge. So they're actually U.S. states. So we want to thank Tennessee, Arizona, and New Jersey for joining and listening. Oh, right. Thanks awesome. for listening in those states. You say states. Tennessee? Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> oh. That's the British Guyana version of Tennessee. <laughs> With a southern draw. That's wonderful. Fantastic. Welcome, guys. Thank you for liking us and listening to us and drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Um, speaking of which, I, and I don't normally mention this, but um, we have a button on the front of the website. It says donate on it. And it's there if you feel so inclined. Uh, we've got some monthly expenses for the most part we've been meeting that out of our own pocket but the the studio needs a few things and we have some monthly expenses such as our 24-hour uh, broadcasting internet station uh, which was wgsr.net which is now freedom freedom radio networks.com so you can tune in you can hear mikey 24 hours a day on that but um, little expenses but they add up over time right. so if god so uh you know, pricks your heart, press the button. We would greatly appreciate it, and that's all I'm going to say about that. So, there Mikey, you go. I, I can't wait to hear our guest tonight. All right. Well, our guest uh, actually drove in quite a ways. Sure did. As far as I'm, I'm concerned, it is. Um, a, little, a little background on that. Uh, back in the beginning of February, we had gotten two of those, as we were asking a little while ago, write-ins on their testimonies. And uh, we had two of them. And since then, uh, that well, at that night we were supposed to read them and we were going to do it, but something happened that I got here and Fritz was here, and I think something happened with Trish along the way and she couldn't make it. So we just, especially being two women's testimonies, we just called it off. And there was a reason for that, because since then, the uh, first woman from Washington State called in on a few sessions ago. And right now, we have the other woman. Her name is uh, Soraya Colvin, uh, sitting here. She drove in from Daytona. And um, so, again, it wasn't a coincidence that we uh, nixed those uh, write-ins and didn't read them. No coinky-dink whatsoever. Two months ago. Um, <laughs> Soraya is a uh, was born a Muslim, and for 37 years raised in that in that way. And uh, for, for what I see here, she was saved in 1997 at 37 years old. And I'm going to let her finish as it says here. The rest is his story. Amen. So I give you Soraya Colvin. Welcome, Soraya. Hello, Welcome. everyone. Thank you for having me here. It's such an honor to be sitting here right now. I would like to just say a little a quick word of prayer right now. Amen. 
Dear Father God, I thank you so much for this moment in time. This, this moment was ordained by you, God. This is not an accident that I'm here right now. This is a divine appointment, so I thank you, Father God. I pray, God, uh, for your Holy Spirit to just speak through me, God, your story that you wrote about my life, Father. God, it's all about your story. It's not about me. It's about what you've done in my life. It's about your glory, your amazing grace, your love, and your faithfulness, Father. So I pray, God, for whoever listens and hears the sound of my voice right now, wherever it is, Lord, that they will be touched by this testimony that I'm about to share with on the air, Lord. And so I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that hearts will be touched and people's life will be changed. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 How can you not hear that accent and not get saved? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Soraya. Actually, it's an Arabic name, and it means the shining star in Arabic language. Cool. Yep. Wow. So that's why my mom gave me a beautiful name. Amen. Yeah. And that wasn't a coincidence either. <laughs> no. So I was born and raised in France. However, my parents, they came from Algeria, and they fled the country in the late uh, 50s, in 1957, during the war that's been going on since the 1800s. And so they fled. Algeria and went to France because at that time they were killing a lot of civilians, women and children. So my parents with my older sister uh, that who was born in 1957 moved to France and uh, and hopefully I was born in France in 1960, thank God, because you know if they would have never done that, probably would have been born in Nigeria also, but God is amazing, and I was born mm -hmm. in France in 1960 in a small town called Set. It's close to the border of Spain. And when I was about five years old, my parents moved to a larger city, Marseille, and that's where I grew up all the way through high school until I was 21. So my parents, they had nine children, six girls and three boys. Wow. I was the fourth one born. Of all, my, of all my sisters and brothers. So growing up, it was very hard because my parents never been to school in Nigeria. My mom, I lost her mom when she was like five years old and was raised by an uncle that was very abusive to her. And I'm not sure about her father because she's never spoken about her father. So I really don't know too much about my parents' lives before they moved to France. But anyway, she came to France and um, had nine kids, and my, my dad was the only one that was working, and they were illiterate, they never been to school. So the only job my father could get in France was a factory job, which was only paying minimum wage. So they had a lot of struggles raising us, nine children, with just a minimum wage salary. So it caused a lot of pain and a lot of fights and I grew up in a very violent home, you know, between my brothers and my sisters. There was always so much jealousy and envy and screaming and yelling. Did you say nine, nine. children yeah. on a minimum wage salary? Yes, just my father working. My mom, wow. My mom stayed home. And, okay. Yeah. When they moved to France, they didn't even speak French because they were born in Algeria. So they, they were speaking to us in Arabic when we were growing up. So I used to understand Arabic fluently, mm -hmm. you know. 
But then we went to school in France, so we were speaking French back to them. And I said, my parents learned French from the children because we grew up in France. But at home, they always spoke Arabic, you know. So I saw my mom really struggling, raising nine children. And uh, my father, he was a good-looking man, and he was a womanizer. <laughs> so he used to spend most of his paycheck in the bars on payday. Mm. So that caused a lot of strife between my parents. They were always fighting, and we were always scared. I was so traumatized growing up. I remember so many times when my mom, she was having a nerve breakdown, and she would pick up a chair and stand on the chair and try to jump out the window in front of us. And all of us were trying to pull her back and, and not let her do it, you know. We were so scared, but she just, she was so suicidal, my mom, because she knew her husband was not being faithful. He wasn't bringing a whole salary home. Many times we had no food, you know. The refrigerator was always empty. So it was really hard on my mom to not be able to feed all of the children, you know. So, of course, at school we had free lunch because we were poor. So I ate as much as I could <laughs> when I went to school, <laughs> you know. And I didn't want to come home, you know, because I knew when I got home there's going to be fights and violence and screaming. So I would stay in school until like 6 o'clock at night just so I'd be able to do my homework. Because I, I never had peace at home. I couldn't do my homework, concentrate, or anything. So we were living in a three-bedroom apartment with nine kids, plus my parents, that's 11 people hmm. in a three-bedroom apartment. And so growing up, my parents, they were Muslim. But when they came to France, they didn't really practice their, their, their religion. The only thing that we can do is eat pork. We were forbidden to eat pork at school. And uh, and not watch anything on TV that wasn't, you know, good. But growing up, they didn't force us to pray five times a day on the carpet. We weren't forced to do that. So, but I was really rebellious because I didn't understand the God, Allah, that they were fighting all the time, but they said they love God. So I didn't want nothing to do with God. Of course, I never met any Christian when I was growing up in France until I was 18 or 21, I never met no Christians. But we used to live in this apartment, an old building next to a Catholic church. And so every time there was so much chaos in my home, I would sneak out and just go to the church. The doors were always open day and night at, back in those days in the mm -hmm. 60s and the 70s. And I would just walk into this Catholic church and I would just sit there on the pew and stare at Jesus on the gold cross, and I would just feel so much peace. Mm -hmm. I didn't know nothing about Jesus. I just looked at him on the cross and thought he was just a man that died on the cross. I didn't know he was the son of God or anything like that. But I felt such a great peace in that church, and I would just stay there for hours. Sometimes I would even fall asleep on the pews. <laughs> And then when it was time to go home, like I had to be home by 8, I have to rush back home or whether it got really beat up because my parents, you know, they were very strict, you know, and they were they always, you know, very abusive physically to, to the children. So between my brothers and sisters, we never got along. There's a lot of jealousy going on, except for my, one of my younger sister, Kim, that is only eight, 11 months younger than me. She was the only one that, 
you know, that I was close to growing up. I remember many times my brothers and my sisters will snitch on me and tell my parents if I did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And they will go and get the broom and the belt and the shoes. And I was screaming because I didn't want to get hit. I didn't want physical punishment. And so I will hide under the bed for like two days, three days sometime. <laughs> and they will try to lift up to bed to try to get me out. But I was screaming in my lungs out. They couldn't get me out of the bed. And my sister will always come and bring me food <laughs> so I don't get go hungry for a couple of days. So me and Kim, we were very close. We had a very close bound because we were only 11-month difference. And so I grew up being very rebellious, very angry, not knowing God. My parents never, they didn't know how to love us. Like you, Michael, I know, remember one day when my parents told us they love us. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know what love was. They never received Mm -hmm. love from their parents. You know, they probably really been abused as kids also and mistreated by the, the Muslims in Arabic ways that don't don't honor women at all. So I don't blame my parents. I know it wasn't their fault, you know. I, I always love my parents no matter what they put us through because I know they suffered a lot, especially my mom. But my oldest brother, he was the, the evil one of the family, and he used to always beat us up, hmm. gave, us black, gave us black eyes and everything. He was very violent, my oldest brother especially when my parents went home, he was in charge of all of us and he would do whatever he wanted, you know? But me, I was probably the strongest one of the family because I don't want nobody to touch me. I was so rebellious, I would be screaming. So, you know, people maybe hear me and rescue me. (laughs) But back in those days, people didn't do anything. The Mm -hmm. neighbors just ignore it. It, Mm -hmm. It's not like today where you can call DCF and you get arrested. Back in those days, people just kept quiet about everything. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I managed to graduate high school and, and uh, when I was uh, 17. And then after that, I was so tired of living at, in, my, in my home with my parents and my siblings. I said, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I can't take it anymore. So I left without telling nobody. And I started running the streets in Marseille, France. And I went to stay to, in a shelter for women for like a whole year until I turned 18. And then from that point on, that's when I started working in the bars in the red light district in Marseille. And I was making money and I was independent. And of course, my brother, my oldest brother, he'd be looking for me all over the place in Marseille. <laughs> so every time the owner of the bar will see my brother in the street, he will tell me, your brother's here, your brother's here. And you will hi- they will hide me behind the counter or in the bathroom because mm-hmm. he was after me, my oldest brother. He was very dominant, you know, because the men have the right, right. to do whatever they want with the woman. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, I started traveling all over Europe. You know, I was 18 and I went all over Europe working in the bars, you know, and I started working as a dancer in the cabarets in France, in Paris, France, you know, and um, I was making money. Of course, I met a lot of men, you know, but I know there is something inside of me. I, I was searching, you know, there was something missing. I didn't, I wasn't happy. I felt used, you know, 
Men only care about my body, you know, they didn't care about me. I never felt loved by men, by my brothers, my sisters, or my parents. I never received love from anybody growing up. So I was really depressed. I struggled with depression for the longest time. I tried to commit suicide in a few occasions when I was by myself, cutting myself and taking cigarette butts and burning my hands. I still have marks. You know, it's kind of fade away my scars, but I still have scars on my arms from when I wanted to die. I just wanted to die. I wasn't happy, you know. I didn't like the way I looked. I felt I had no self-esteem. You know, I felt empty, lonely, mm -hmm. you know, betrayed by my own brothers and sisters. So I stayed working in the bars until I was about 20. And then in Marseille, France, a Navy ship pulled in for two weeks. And that's how I met my ex-husband. He was in the Navy. And they were in Marseille for two weeks. And uh, it was on my 20th birthday. So I met my ex-husband. And then, of course, I got pregnant six months later. <laughs> and I was married. <laughs> and then he went back to the States. And he left me behind, pregnant. And so I tried to apply for a visa to go to come to America, but because of my last name is Arabic, they turned me down. They turned me down in the embassy in France and in Rome because uh, at the time they didn't really like the Arabs. You know, back in those days, mm -hmm. there was a lot of discrimination against Arabs. Even at school, I've been bullied so much because of my last name. I never liked my last name. So me, I was really determined. You know, I was in love with this man, and I was pregnant with his child. I said, well, I'm just going to move uh, to fly to Canada because you don't need a visa there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. Only my sister Kim knew that I was leaving. I didn't tell nobody. She's the one that took me to the train station in Rome, Italy. And so I said goodbye to my sister, and I got on the train all the way to Rome, and then I got on the plane. And I flew from Rome to Montreal by myself with $20 in my pocket, three months pregnant, and just one bag. So when I arrived to Montreal, of course, they ask you, how much money do you have? Do you know anybody here? Is anybody picking you up? And I lied. I wasn't a Christian back then, so I lied a lot, you know. I said, yeah, I'm waiting for my friend. He's supposed to come get me. Five hours go by, of course, nobody's coming to pick me up. Mm-hmm. But because uh, it's Canada, they still gave me two weeks visa to enter the country. So they put on my passport two weeks and then I had to go back to France. So I didn't know God, you know, back then, but I was happy. It was in October, cold. I was having morning sickness. I was hungry. I was tired from being on the plane for so long. But I was courageous. I always had a spirit, a courageous spirit, even when I was growing up. You know, I was very adventurous. So I got on a train from the airport, and I didn't have a ticket, of course. <laughs> I didn't have no money. But the the man that came and checked my ticket, he didn't even kick me out of the train. I know it was God. It was in in my journey coming to America the whole mm -hmm. time. He let me stay on the train. And I got, I went all the way to the closest city of the border, the U.S. border. And then I got off the train. It was so cold. I was so tired and hungry. 
I said, well, I'm just going to hitchhike now, all the way across the border. So I started hitchhiking, and this uh, older gentleman from Canada, he picked me up, and uh, he said, yeah, get in. So he said, don't worry about the visa. They know me. I go back and forth every week. They won't even check your passport. Well, no, they did check my passport, and they don't have a visa on it, so I had to go back. And so I had to make an agreement with that old man that if I give him what he wants, he would help me cross the border. So I had no other option to just agree to his, um, his demands, which were sexual demands. And so he gave me a flashlight <laughs> and he showed me a little uh, narrow path in the woods in the middle of the night. And he said, you just keep walking on this path all the way about maybe an hour or two. And when we, you get to the end of the, this narrow path, you'll be in America. I don't know if I believed him. I have no other choice to just believe him anyway. So he had my bag in his car with my passport, everything. I just had this little flashlight. It was cold. I, I could hear the dogs barking from the customs, uh -huh. you know, far away. But I wasn't scared. I kept on walking and walking. I got to the end, and I'm hiding behind the bushes, waiting to see if I see a signal with the flashlights. I waited for a little while, and some, all kinds of things are going through my head. What about if you lie to me? What am I going to do then? But all of a sudden, I see the signal with the flashlights, and it was the man, that old man. So I get in this car with him, and I don't know if I'm in America yet, right? <laughs> So, but the first sign that I see it's in English, so I knew I crossed the border and he didn't lie to me. Of course, after that, we go to a hotel and I start crying. I just start weeping. I just start telling him the truth. I'm three months pregnant. I'm in love with this man. He lives in Tampa. I just want to be with him. And the man had so much compassion. He let me sleep all night long. The next morning, he bought me breakfast. And then he put me on the highway, you know, and I continued my journey. And then from New York, I met this uh, uh, truck driver, Cliff. I'll never forget him. He's like an angel that was sent by God. Oh, yeah. And he got me in a truck with him for three days, all the way from New York, all the way to Temple, Florida. Three days, he bought me breakfast, lunch, dinner. He didn't mess with me. He was just so kind. I know he was an angel. Mm -hmm. And uh, my ex-husband, of course, he didn't know I was coming. I didn't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> so when I arrived in Tampa in a big old truck in a dirt road, I said, Steve, hi, it's me. He was his face turned white. I bet. He couldn't believe that I made it. How did I make it here? How did she get here? Anyway, once I was, I had my child, my daughter, my oldest daughter was born, and I was able to get my paperwork, my legal paperwork. Mm -hmm. You know, it took about six months. So we got married just because I was pregnant. My ex-husband didn't love me. He just felt like it was his duty to marry me. Mm -hmm. So he don't have to pay for me to have the child at the hospital because he has Navy insurance. Mm -hmm. So we got married. I was married for 10 years with him. And, of course, I didn't know that he was abusive because I met him in France only for six months. I didn't know anything about him. So he showed me his true colors once I was married to him. He started abusing me. He was very controlling, jealous, you know, just manipulating me. And 
He broke my jaws. He beat me up pretty bad in front of my oldest daughter when she was nine years old. And so I had to have my mouth wired shut for eight weeks. So he put me through so much abuse for 10 years. And uh, we had a second daughter. I didn't know what to do, you know. I didn't know. I don't want to get divorced because I have kids. What am I going to do? You know, when you're in this kind of situation, you don't know what to do. You're scared. You know, so I stayed married anyway with him for 10 years. And then after that, I just felt like he didn't love me, that this was not a good marriage. You know, so I filed for divorce in 1993 and I got divorced and I was a single mom with my two daughters. And uh, I was still working in the bars as a dancer after my divorce because try to support my kids because the child support wasn't enough. So I was going to college during the day and then working at night you know, as a dancer. And then I was in another abusive relationship at that time after my divorce with this man for seven years that I wasn't married to. And of course, I was still blind, you know. I didn't know anything about God. So something was just telling me to go to church. You know, something was drawing me. I know it was God's spirit. So I started going to this little church of Christ in Jacksonville with my two daughters. And that's when I got saved, May of 1997. Me and my two daughters, we both, all three of us got baptized at the same time. So that's when my spiritual journey started. Even though before that, God sent a lot of people in my path to tell me about him, but I wasn't paying attention. Mm -hmm. I didn't want nothing to do with God because I see the way my parents raised me with this belief of God. I said, I don't want God. I don't know. I don't want to know nothing about God. Just leave me alone. You know, I was so angry. I had a lot of anger in me from my past, from mm -hmm. all the wounds of my childhood, from what I saw in my own eyes, the fighting, the violence. So I didn't want no, no God in my life, you know. But I started going to this church, and uh, the Christian, my brothers and sisters, started showing me so much love, you know, and I felt so accepted by them. For the first time in my life, I felt accepted just the way I was. Mm -hmm. And not judge and not condemn and not put down. So I, I kept going. I was faithful to the little church for seven years with my two daughters. And then after that, I went to another church, a Pentecostal church. And that's when I got received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with uh, speaking in tongues. That was in 2003. And even though I was a Christian since 2000, uh, 1997, I was like a carnal Christian. I had a food in the church, but a foot in the world also. Mm -hmm. I was still living in sin. I was still smoking weed and, you know, having sex outside of marriage. So I was not really fully obedient to God's word. Even when I opened my Bible, I couldn't really understand it the way I do now. To me, it was like Chinese. I couldn't understand it because I was still in sin. I was not obedient. But when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in 2003, that's when things start changing for me. You know, I felt like I really need to be obedient to God's word. I start reading the word and I will understand it. I, I just felt the peace that I never had in my whole life, peace of God. Mm -hmm. And he changed me, he changed my heart. He took away the anger. He healed me from depression. You know, he, he just made me, he gave me a new heart. I felt like never felt this way before with the peace and the joy and the love. And it's a, it's a gradual thing. It's a process. 
you know, you go from curses to blessing, but it's a process. There's a lot of generational curses in my family from Mm -hmm. my ancestors because I'm the first one of my whole generation to become a follower of Christ. So I've been attacked a lot since I became a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, my whole bro- all my brothers and my sisters, they all rejected me and never been there for me in my time of need. I've been ostracized by my whole family. Sometimes I feel like Joseph, how he's been betrayed by all his brothers. Mm-hmm. That's and a good it, example. Yes, I feel like Joseph. I know exactly what he, he went through with his brothers because I felt the same way with all my brothers and sisters. They all talk down about me. They tell me that I... My parents wouldn't be happy if they knew that I became a Christian and I love the Jewish people and I'm an hypocrite and I'm I'm judgmental and I've been brainwashed by a cult in America. <laughs> but through it all, I remain faithful because I felt in my heart the presence of God, His love, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, it didn't get better after I became a Christian. Right after that, a year later, my youngest daughter got hit by a truck. Oh, she mercy. was nine years old on Mother's Day. It was oh, the worst wow. Mother's Day of my life. Nine years old. My youngest wow. daughter, Alexandra. I hope you guys are listening. I love you guys. Mm-hmm. And so she got hit and she died. And she had to have CPR three times. And God brought her back Amen. to life after three CPR wow. attempts. Wow. So the enemy is already attacking me through my daughter right after I received salvation mm-hmm. okay it's that's not the only incident there's in so many series of incidents that happened to me i become homeless for two years and i was really hard for two years and it's like god took everybody away from me including my two daughters nobody was there for me my darkest hour it's like he had me all by himself by myself i felt like i was in a in a uh, i was down a so dumb so dark. I was lonely. I was crying every day. I was depressed. I had to go through so many legal hearings, criminal charges, because I've been arrested eight times because of my ex-husband, ex-boyfriends, my two daughters. There's been a lot of accusation against me since I became a Christian, you know, but God always brought me out. He always vindicated me in the courtrooms. Every time I went Mm -hmm. to court, I got a victory. The charges will be dropped. The last time that I went to court, that was in 2003, and that's when they were trying to deport me. I had immigration. I filed charges against me to deport me from this country. And I just said, God, I don't care. Whatever happens, let your will be done. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to trust your father. If it's your will for me to go back to France, I don't care. They'll send me back on the plane for free. You know, so <laughs> at that point, I really didn't care anymore because I went through so much already. You know, I said, God, I trust you no matter what. It doesn't matter how much I suffer because it's you, my suffering is just going to build my faith. It's going to increase my endurance. You've done it before, God. I know you'll do it again. My life is in your hands and I'm going to give it to you because you've done too much for me so far. You know, you brought me out of so many dangerous situations. You know, in France with the mafia, mm-hmm. with my ex-husband, I should have been dead. I, he was violent and abusive. The criminal charges, he brought me out. All this accusation against me, you know, and that's really hurt my, my life here because of my record. But God doesn't, doesn't care about all that. 
because my past doesn't define me. Amen to that. So mm-hmm. for two years, I went through a series of hearings with the immigration court. <laughs> it took two years. For two years, I had to go through different hearings. And then the last hearing that I went to, it was in 2000. No, it wasn't. I don't remember the date, but anyway, they dropped all the charges. It's like God brought confusion to the prosecutors That's so <laughs> in the courtroom. He couldn't find a, a paper that the judge was asking him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an attorney because God is my attorney. Jesus mm-hmm. was right there. You know, he vindicates me. And so I was just sitting there quiet. I didn't even have to say a word. <laughs> and the judge just dismissed the whole charges. And my, my deportation charges were dropped. <laughs> Amazing. Uh-huh. Yes. And, and what you were saying before, there is a verse in the Bible that says that they will hate me. Yeah. And they will also hate you. Yes, yes. I've I had so many people come against me, my whole family. I mean, it's not easy. I cried many, many tears. I spent many, many times alone, lonely, depressed. I didn't understand what's going on. I try to understand and figure it out. I try to reach out to my sisters, my brothers, my daughters. But the more I did, the more they came against me. So I finally had to just let them go and put them in God's hands. That's it. Because I cannot change them. You know, God has no, to change God them. God has to change them. Pray for them and bless them yeah. as you do. And that's what Ask them to bless them and you will see what happens. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. So God, you know, even though I had to go through the fire, you know, God was with me in the fire. I didn't get burned. Of course, I went through all these things, homelessness, almost deported, uh, arrested eight times in jail, you know, all the persecutions, losing all my friends, losing my loved ones. You know, not knowing what to do, being depressed, suicidal. But God was in this. It was this plane that I go through all this suffering. So I become strong today, you know, through the pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I can I can relate to women in jail because I've been there. I can relate with people that are homeless because I've been homeless. Mm-hmm. I, been, I can relate to women that have been abused because I've been abused all my life. I can relate. Sometimes we don't understand why we go through the pain, but it's for reasons, for a greater purpose. It's for God. You'll have compassion for all those people and all those circumstances. Yes, amen. So through it all, I became a stronger and wiser. You know, God has revealed himself to me in so many different occasions, especially when I was homeless. And I'm sitting in my van and I'm crying and I don't know what to do and I'm cold. And then he sent a dove bird that flew in my van and sat right there on the dashboard hmm. and just wow. stare, on me, stare at me. And I'm trying to chase him out because I'm scared. He wouldn't go anywhere. And then he started walking on my arms and wow. all the way sat on my head. The <laughs> dove bird, yes, when I was homeless. That was a sign of God, from God. I Absolutely. said, wow. be at peace, I am with you. I will never leave you nor yes, forsake sorry. you. And not just that, the fragrance of God. When I was in a shelter, domestic violence shelter, I was all by myself and I could smell the sweet fragrance. Mm-hmm. I could smell God is so close to my heart. He has healed my heart. He has healed my mind. He has healed me from depression. You know, he has restored my soul. You know, now he's using me uh, to go to the jail, to the prison. I've been on mission trips. He brings all these young women into my life to minister to them. You know, because he told me, you're going to be a lighthouse for women in the storms because of what I went through as a woman. So now I'm able to minister to them and witness to them. Mm -hmm. 
And so I feel so honored and so privileged. I even though I suffered, this Christian walk is not for for people that are weak. It's for the mm-hmm. for those who want to keep going no matter what. You know, that like Job and and Joseph, they they you got to praise through. You got to push in. You got to pray until something happens. You cannot give up on God because He will never give up on you. I've seen His hand upon my life, even when I didn't know Him in France and with my family and here in America. He's always been here for me. That was his des- my destiny for me to be here. So I can see you right now and speak about my story. There's so many other things. Maybe I'm, I'm forgetting stuff, but he's done so much for me. I have no money. I have no job. I have no husband. I have no house. But I have him. If you have him, you have everything. Amen. And of course, peop- my daughters look down on, on me because I'm not successful in men's eyes. But I'm successful in his eyes. Amen, Amen. to that, sister. Because I'm doing his work here. Mm-hmm. And he's providing. He provides for me. He provides the basic needs. Housing, food, clothing, transportation. It's like whatever I need, you got to ask and you shall receive. And so now I'm so determined. I will not give up on God no matter what I have to go through. He says, if you seek me first, my kingdom and my righteousness, mm-hmm. everything else will be added into you. And if you delight in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. And I saw that I want to do now is just to live for him because he died for me and he's done too much for me all my life. I'm almost 57 years old. I shouldn't be here right now, but I'm still here because God has a great plan for my life. And my story is his story. That's right. You're just getting started. Yes, I'm just getting started. Best is yet to come. You betcha. And last year, I lost my dear sister Kim from can- for cancer, from cancer, and that was the only sister that I had that loved me unconditionally. But she got saved on her deathbed. Oh, praise oh, God! I, yes. that's wonderful. I called her from from here to France, and she received the Lord when she was in a coma. And before that, we had prayer session on through Skype, and she could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And she was very confused and, and tormented all of her life because mm-hmm. she went through a lot of things also mm-hmm. that I don't really want to mention on the radio, but she was tormented and she died from cancer because unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will bring disease and sickness on your body. You have to forgive. If we don't mm-hmm. forgive, God's not going to forgive us. And I had many times where I was so tormented because I had so much hate towards people that have done me wrong and betrayed me. And for two years, I was so tormented and the enemy had his way with me. And my mind was so full of hate and my heart. But I had to let go. I had to forgive them. And when I forgive them, I became free. And today I'm so free because I forgive all my enemies. And I pray for them, and I bless those who persecute me, including my brothers and sisters. We have to love, you know, because love is the answer. Jesus is love, and Jesus is the only answer. It's not Allah. I've been there. I've done that. Allah is not peace. It's not, it's not love. It's all about hate and control. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I witnessed that all my life. I didn't, I didn't feel no love from this religion, from the Muslim religion. And I know my parents, they're not here any longer, but I'm sure they're happy that I found the true love. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's my fortress in time of need. He's my rock that I'm going to stand on. Everything else is shaking sand. I mm-hmm. will not be moved. No matter, comes you, no matter what comes your way, you got to stand strong 
and stand on the word of God. The word of God changed my life. If it wasn't for Jesus and for his word in the Bible, I wouldn't be strong the way I am today. He has promoted me spiritually because I passed the test. Sometimes we have to go through a time of suffering. We got to go through times of testing because God is tasting our faith. Mm -hmm. This Christian life is not that easy. You don't think you're going to become a Christian and everything is going to be beautiful. No. This Christian life is fighting. It's a spiritual warfare because the enemy, he doesn't want to lose you. He wants you to still serve him, but I renounced him and all of his demons and now I live for God no matter what, even if I have to lose my life because I know the glory that's going to be revealed to us one day is more than my mind can comprehend. This oh, word yeah. is not my home. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Yes. Amen. We're just passing through. This is not my home. Life is like a vapor. It's people <laughs> that are dying every day. Without Christ, you won't go to heaven. You have to receive the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and be born again Christian. And I'm speaking to anyone out there that might be of Muslim faith or any woman out there that, that are in abusive relationship or have lost hope and courage. I want to speak life into you right now and tell you that things will change. God will turn it around in his own time and he say he will work everything for our good if we love him according to his purpose here on the surf. You have to stand on the word of God. It's the only thing that we have. It's the only hope. Don't put your trust in men. Men will always fail you, but put all your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that will never fail you. He will never abandon you. He's faithful. He's been faithful to my in my life, and he's not a respecter person. He'll be faithful to you too. So whatever the struggles, whatever your darkest hour right now, there's light at the end of the tunnel, the light of Jesus. Just receive him in your heart and just trust him, surrender. It takes surrendering completely to his will and to be obedient, obedience and trust. We have to be obedient because when we, we sin against God, the Holy Spirit cannot reside in a heart that is not pure. You got to ask God to purify your heart like he purified my heart. My heart was wicked. I had so much sin in my heart and forgiveness, hate, anger, bitterness. I was sinful. But now he purified my heart. He gave me a new heart. He gave me his desires. I just want to serve him and please him. And you have to humble yourself. You have to ask him for forgiveness every day if you fall short of his glory. You got to pray without ceasing. You got to forget about yourself and go help someone else in need. There's so mm -hmm. many people out there that are lost and God wants to use you. We are his hands and feet on this surf. We are his vessels. We're not here because of, for us. We're here to worship God. And to be used for, by him to advance his kingdom of righteousness because he doesn't wish for anyone to perish. He loves all of us. Yes. Even the, the Muslim people, he loves all of us. If he can save me, a rebellious Muslim woman, he can save anybody. But it takes trust and faith. And so I'm here to testify of God's love and faithfulness and grace and mercy. He's, he's merciful. And we have to show the same mercies to others and the same love to others. Whatever God has given us, we have to give it to others. It's a give and it shall be given unto you. You know, knock and the doors shall be open. Seek and you shall find. You got to really ask God to show you his ways because his ways are higher than our ways. You know, 
And when we just surrender totally everything, our own desires, our mind will change. It will renew our mind. It will give us in your heart. It will just open doors that no man can shut. It will like do amazing things in your life. Your life gets better with Jesus. Without Jesus, there's no hope. You know, my life is so much better today, even though I might not have everything, material possession, but I don't care. We can take nothing with us when we leave this earth. I just want to be have spiritual blessings and know him more and have his anointing and his peace and his joy and just be used by him. It's such an honor to be used in the army of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And that's my only desires now is to be with him. I have not dated anybody. Jesus is my husband. <laughs> I've been single for seven years. <laughs> There's no more picking up men on my own because I've been a cycle of abusive relationship all my life. So now God is, just wants me to fall in love with him. He's my husband. He's my provider. He's my defender. He's my vindicator. He's my judge. He's my healer. He's my comforter. He's my everything. He's done so much for me. That's why I cannot deny him anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I look back and all the things that he's done for me, how he brought me out and, and gave me a new heart and gave me beauty for ashes and, and, and joy for the spirit of sorrow, you know, and, and the spirit of dancing for the spirit of mourning. Mm-hmm. He's got all my tears in his hands. He knows <laughs> I was going to do stupid things and foolish things, but he never gives up on you. He keeps chasing you. Mm-hmm. Keep chasing you until you say, okay, dad. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be an obedient child. Obedience brings blessing. Yes, but he disciplined us because he loves us. He disciplined us, and he protects us, and he provides, and he's always there for us. We just have to speak to him. So I am just a testimony of God's grace in my life. You certainly are. Yes. So I know God is still writing my story. Amen. My story is not over yet. No, well, you, it's not. You mentioned Job. You know how that ends, yes, right? Yes, it's well, going to be a happy ending. Uh-huh. Joseph as well. It took yeah. him from the prison to the palace in, in 24 in, hours. 24 so. hours. Amen, and that's what yeah. I'm waiting for. That's yeah. uh, in this Joseph falling. Amen. All right. Yes. Now, she had mentioned all those women in dire need or lose, lost hope. Or, yes. Uh, how can they get a hold of you? By email, Soraya. Yes, uh, there is an email address and a phone number. You're welcome to call me anytime. My phone number is area code 904-631-4497. And then if you want to find me on Facebook, my name is Soraya, S-O-R-A-Y-A, and last name Colvin, C-O-L-V-I-N, Soraya Colvin, I'm on Facebook. And uh, email also, if you like, it's Soraya underscore to Colvin, my last name, 2002 at yahoo.com. There you have it. Wow. I, I love her. I love her business card, if you want to call it a business card, but it says yeah. evangelist, evangelist forward fisher, slash fisher, fisher of men. It's <laughs> <and said> God's <laughs> eternal kingdom. Yes. And it has Soraya Colvin. This is witness for Christ Amen. in uh, parentheses, and it's got her email. And uh, it's. It is just a, a fabulous card. I just want to add one more thing that I overcame because of the blood of the Lamb Amen. and the word of my testimony. Amen. Without God, I could not overcome all these trials and tribulation in my life. But with through God, you could do all things. And God also saying His word that no weapons formed against you shall be able to prosper. 
He's the author and the finisher of our faith, and he's going to finish what he has started in us. Mm-hmm. Amen. No yes, matter what the enemy does, don't and be distracted. He is alive. Honey, yes. I never would have walked down that path to the border. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I was on the edge of my seat for that one. Really? <laughs> Mile through the woods at night? Oh, my Up in gosh. Canada? Oh, the just a flashlight and... Yeah, really. <laughs> Grizzly bears and reef. Whatever. You know, I just feel so blessed because for the last couple of weeks, you know, when we had Marcus on and then we have Soraya on, I just, it's such a pleasure to see people on fire for Christ. Amen. Well, if I could add to that, there was a reason for her to be here in person. Right. Absolutely. See, had we read her testimony like we scheduled to do, it would have been, we wouldn't have got the real deal. No, No. not at all. And I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know if it impacted you the way it did oh, me. Oh, it certainly hit but, me. I mean, I needed to hear those things because, you know, we've been kind of through the mill, all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was an encouraging word for GSR and Absolutely. all who are involved. Right. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Trish, too. I know she couldn't be here, but I'm sure she'll listen to this. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure. My gosh. Soraya, you're a brave woman. Yes, yeah. you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> I am because, you know, because Jesus. Yes, yes. amen. Jesus, he's, he loves me. You know, you're predestined. When you're in, the, in your mother's womb, you already know what kind of life you're going to have. You already know you're going to say you're going to get saved, what all the problems you're going to face. He knows everything, you know. So he always make a way out of no way. Mm-hmm. He knew I was going to be rebellious. He knew I was going to adventure throughout Europe. He knew I was going to cross the border illegally yes you had pregnant. to experience all that like you said before for yeah. courage and strength you knew i was going to go through criminal charges most of the time that i've been here in america you know he knew my ex-husband was going to be abusive he knew my daughters were going to reject me my brothers and my sisters he knew everything but he makes a way but you open not your mouth i mean no <laughs> And no. he vindicated you. Yes, uh-huh. he sure did. And isn't yeah. it funny though, when you were a child, how you how you found peace by yes. staring at that cross? Yes, knew nothing about what you were looking at or who you no. were looking at. No, I but didn't. yet you felt that overwhelming. Yes, that, that peace. That, that just you know, I yes. I had the oddest thought on the way home today, and I guess I must have had the thought because you were going to be on the show. But you see, I didn't know your background at all. Mm. I had no idea that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you came from a Muslim family and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I was just driving in the car and thinking about I've never met a Muslim person who is on fire <laughs> for for Allah, you know. No. I have only seen Christians that yeah. are have that passion and that conviction for their yes. Lord and yeah. I don't know of any other God that sacrificed his life no. for his creation because of no. love, you know, no. because right. he loved them so much. Yes. Um, it's and, just a lot to think alive. about, you know? Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why you have to pray for the Muslim because they really don't know love. No, you know, it's not a, the religion is not about love. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw that with my parents and my brothers and my sisters. They're empty. They need Jesus. Right. They're so lost. Their eyes are not open. Right. I, my eyes were not open for the longest time. But God's grace, you know, he saved me. That's a precious gift, my, my salvation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't care about anything else. I, I know I'm saved on my, on my way to heaven. One day I'm going to go in a, my ter- eternal home. You know? I, I've got to believe, though, that there's something inside of their 
spirit or their heart that know, that they know they're unfulfilled yes. somehow. Well, like she yeah. said, she was empty. Yes. Yeah, was empty. but I mean, something missing. Yes. You know, not just you, but anybody. You yes. know, that there's got to be something that's in there that they're like, why do I not have this satisfaction? Why yes. do I not have this right. connection? Mm-hmm. Because it, when yeah. when you have a relationship with Christ. Wow, are you plugged in and connected? Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's one of those things you can't explain into words. Right. It's it's you know, it's it's like what I think about when people you know, or the disciples used to talk about heaven, mm-hmm. they can't put it into words. It's it's not something you can describe, you know? Mm-hmm. And the relationship with the Lord is the same way. How can you possibly put it into words or allow somebody to comprehend yes. that? But when you experience it, wow, you just want to share it with everybody and yes. let them know. Amen. So when you're down to nothing, that's when God is up to something big. Uh-huh. You yeah. know, sometimes he has to break us. Like me, he had to break me, you know, from my pride, from my anger. I mean, I was broken. You know, I don't know what to do. When you're broken and you don't know what to do, that's when you look up. Mm-hmm. You have no other option. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what happened to me. You know, I was all alone with nobody, no family, no daughters, no money, no place to live. I don't know what to do. I said, God, and he, he just so faithful. And he reached down and lift me, lift, lifted me out, mm-hmm. out of the pit mm-hmm. and restored me. You know, he restored me. I got a place to live now. You know, I'm not homeless anymore since 2011. Mm-hmm. He has restored me a lot of things. He says he's going to restore everything that the enemy has done. Seven folds. Seven folds, yes. And so I know I'm uh, believing for more, mm-hmm. for my daughters to be on fire for the Lord, mm-hmm. our whole family Amen. to be saved. Amen. You know, I'm praying daily for them that God will send laborers mm-hmm. to minister to them like he ministered, they ministered to me. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be in his in his own perfect timing, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm just taking out of the way. I cannot change them. I'm going to let God do his work. And just, the only one that can do it. Yeah. I hope you got a lot of room for sheep and goats. <laughs> going to get double. Amen. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Cattle and oxen yeah. and chickens. And I'll be able to bless a lot of people. Amen to that. Well, uh, speaking of prayer. Soraya, will you uh, will you pray for us? Yes, absolutely. And uh, pray for the listeners out there. Speaking of listeners, I want to welcome everybody. Thank everybody on Mixler that's listening to us tonight. You dialed into a winner. Yes, to, yes. you sure Indeed. did. I can't see any names, uh-huh. but I know you're there. And uh, thank you for there. for listening. AJ isn't there. AJ isn't on tonight unless hmm. he's uh, dialing in from a different location, which is the Raging Tech Show. I don't see him, but. Uh, we need to pray for him as well. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So, Soraya, if you don't mind. No, of course not. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day, God. I thank you, God, for all the people out there that are listening to to this uh, radio uh, station right now, God, and I heard those my words, my story, God. I pray, God, that those words will, will change them, Lord, that they will know that there is hope in Jesus Christ, Father, God. I thank you, God, if there's anybody out there that is a Muslim faith, Lord, that you will open their eyes, Lord, remove the scales of their eyes and let them 
them know the truth. You are the truth, the way, and the life, Father God. I yes. pray, God, for salvation for people out there if they're not saved, Lord. I pray, God, that they will receive you, God, because tomorrow is no promise, Father. We are no promise tomorrow. That's all we have is now, is today, Lord. So I pray, God, that people's hearts will be will be changed, Father God, that anybody out there that is in an abusive relationship, Lord, that they will c- c- come out of it like I did, God, that they will find uh, hope and the strength and, and endurance to leave. And because, God, you have great plans for them, Father God. It's not for them to be abused and mistreated and put down, Father God, but you have abundant life for them, Lord. I thank you, God, for healing the hearts and the minds of your children, of your people, God, from the enemy, Lord. I command every unclean spirit to leave them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I, and I declare and decree that no weapons formed against them shall be able to prosper. Help them, Father God, to, to get on this narrow path that leads to everlasting life, Lord, that you will send them the right connection and, 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 and teach them, Father God, what they need to know, Lord, and strengthen them, Father, in the faith, God. I thank you, God, for renewing their mind, Lord, with your word, that you will give them understanding and knowledge of your word as they read it, Lord, that the word in the Bible will transform them from the inside out like it did for me, God. I pray, God, that you give them a, a hunger and a thirst to know you more, God. It's not even about going to church because we are the church. It's about spending time in fellowship with you in a secret place and crying out and interceding for others, God, and forgetting about ourselves because it's not about us, Lord. God, you say in your word, if we take, we take care of your business, you will take care of our business, Father God. You meet all of our needs, Father. So I pray, God, that people will not be distracted anymore by the worldly things, Lord, but they will see you with the spiritual eyes and hear you with the spiritual ears, Lord, <coughs> that you will touch their heart, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will fill them, Lord, with your presence and your anointing and your love, that they will feel your love, that they will not seek for love in all the wrong places like I used to do, Father, but they will be satisfied with you, even if that's all they have is you, God, because you fulfill every empty places of our heart, Lord. You're the only one, God, that can change us and heal us, God, heal our mind and heal our hearts and heal our whole life. So I thank you, Father God, for touching people right now that are listening to the sound of my voice, God. I pray you, Holy Spirit, for your will to be done in every person out there listening right now, Lord, that raise hope in the darkness, in the brokenness, God, you want to heal. You will restore, God. You will restore, God. And I know, God, you have great plans for them, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for touching them today, Lord. Touch people, Lord. Touch him, Father God, and bring him, God, to their knees, Lord. Let him surrender totally to your perfect will, like I did, Father God. Because when we surrender totally and you take control of our life, things get better, God. Things get better. Whatever the enemy has done for evil, Lord, you will turn around for their good and for your glory. Because they have a story to tell, just like mine, Lord. Their story is, is making up your big story. Is your plan be, be your plan on this surf will be established through every one of your children, Father God. So I pray, God, that you will give them awakening, a spiritual awakening, that they will see you like never before, God, because we live in the last days, Father God, and there is no time anymore to to waste on foolishness of this world, God. I pray, God, you separate them, God, from ungodly soul ties, Lord, ungodly relationship, God. 
separate it and bring him to you, God. Let the prodigal son and the prodigal daughters run back, run back to your loving arms, Lord. And I thank you, God, for changing, for meeting the needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs, physical needs, financial needs, Lord. I thank you, God, for your, your presence and for the Holy Spirit, Lord. The Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter the distance. It doesn't matter where you are. The Holy Spirit can touch him right now, Lord, because you distance is, you know, you're not a God of distance, Father God. So I thank you, God, for giving hope to you people, Lord, for raising them up above the circumstances, Lord, that they shall not be shaken, whatever they're going through, God. If it's a sickness in the body or disease, I command right now that all the spirit of infirmity to be canceled right now and broken off of them in Jesus' name. And I, and I speak healing by the stripe of Jesus Christ. They are healed. I thank you, Father God, that people are struggling, but God, you are with them in the struggle. Everything that's happening to them right now, they, the enemy is not going to have the last say, so God, you have the last say, so God. So I thank you, God, for doing a mighty work in them, Father God, right now, Lord, and, and just transforming them by the renewing of their mind in the name of Jesus. And I praise you, Father. I glorify your holy name, Lord. Let people just worship you and praise you through it all, God, because the praises are the weapons against the enemy, God. As we praise you and worship you, God, that's when you move in our life. That's when, that's when things start changing, Lord. You know, you say in your word to just surrender, to just trust you, God. So I pray, God, for trust and faith to be increased in our life, Lord, no matter what they're going through, Lord. They will know that you are God and you're bigger than all of our problems, Lord. You reign and you will reign forever and ever. And you have, we have the victory through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We know the end of the book. We win at the end. The blood of Jesus is powerful, God. And I take you, God, if people are going to stop praying, increase prayer worries out there and intercessors, Lord, to pray, to stand in the gap, Father, for people that don't have a voice, Lord, to pray for this country, to pray for the country, nation of the world, to pray for our president, to pray for the families, to pray for you, you, you commanded us, God, to go into all the nation and to preach the gospel, Lord, to pray for people, to cast out demons out of people, to lay hands on the sick, and they shall be healed, Lord, in the book of Acts. Let people leave the book of Acts and not just be comfortable just living their own life, Lord, but to go out of the way, Father God, to get out of the box. Because, God, you're a big God, and we got to start thinking big like you and dream big, Father God. So I pray, God, that people will... will Rise up, rise up, our mighty warriors in the kingdom of heaven. The army will rise up in his last days, Lord, and we will take back everything that the enemy has stolen from us in Jesus' name. We will step into the enemy camp, Father God. We know we have the victory. I pray for people to put the all armor on, as you speak about in Ephesians chapter 6. Let them be full and clothed with the armor of God, and nothing can touch us, Father God, because the blood of Jesus cover us. We are protected from, from you. You protect us, Lord, from our enemies, Lord, and you go before us, and you and you fight all of our battles. So I thank you, God, that people are going to see in the, with the spiritual eyes, Lord, and not with the natural eyes what you're doing on this earth in these last days. And so I thank you, God, for bless them, Lord. 
I pray for your face to shine upon them. I pray, God, that you give them that peace that passes all human understanding and fill them with your unspeakable joy, God, because the joy of you is our strength, Lord. Joy. I speak joy right now to people. I speak healing. I speak breakthrough. I speak open doors and victory in every area of their life as they seek you first and be obedient to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen to that. Whoa. Yeah. That's, that reminded me of William. I feel like I've been to church. Uh-huh. <laughs> Session 121. Wow. Think about that, Mikey. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. You think the woman can pray? <laughs> I think she's a little I think passionate. she can preach and pray. <laughs> that was a preachy prayer, I think. It's all right with me. But anyway... Uh, Gosh, if you have any questions for Soraya, you can uh, you can get in touch with her at her email. It was uh, Soraya underscore Coven two thousand two at yahoo dot com, yes. or you can write her at PO Box four two three, Daytona Beach, Florida three two one one five, or you can give her a jingle at nine zero four six three one four four nine seven, or you can write us here at God Stories Radio at gmail dot com. Be sure to tweet us and. Like us on Facebook and follow us on iHeart. Follow us on iHeartRadio and give us some feedback. As uh, my goodness, I hope you guys were out there were blessed half as much as we were, we're here, here in the studio. And we, you know, we were supposed to read her testimony, and I can see why she was supposed to be here in person. I can too, absolutely. and uh, I see why this young lady is going to have an amazing ministry because she's got such an amazing, sweet spirit about her and uh, i tell you if you're a woman out there i just feel i I just feel i gotta tell you if you're a victim of any kind of abuse whether it be like domestic abuse alcohol drugs whatever give soraya a call or drop her a line or drop us a note here at god stories radio and we'll get it to her but if you listen to this testimony and you've been touched in any way shape or form and you need to reach out to somebody we're not scared. We'll pray for you. We'll write you back. We'll have you on for your testimony after you get over. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> we love you guys. And uh, it's been our only agenda since we started to bring hope and comfort. Amen. And uh, it's God's gig anyway. We're yes, just uh, just stewards of it. Thank goodness we were chosen, Mikey. Yes, we were. Yes, and uh, I just want to thank everybody for being with us. Well, that about am I missing anything before I close out? We all, I think we covered it. I think we did. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. That wraps it up for session one twenty one. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. I'm so confused. I know I heard you loud and clear. So I followed through. a part of your plan when i try to pray all i got is her in these four words thy will be done thy will be done thy will be done 
to say Sometimes I gotta stop Remember that you're gone